Welcome to Within the Musician podcast. This show is a place of discovery for all students, performers, educators, and future educators. My name is Monica Williams. I'm a flutist, teaching artist, recording artist, performer, composer, and lifelong learner. On today's show, I wanted to talk about Christmas music, specifically teaching Christmas music and the benefits of doing so. So there's no guest today, it's just me, and I'm looking forward to chatting with you. So today, I wanted to just talk about the benefits of Christmas music and how I see it differently today than I did 20 years ago when I first started teaching. It's a conversation I'm having with a lot of students and made me want to get on this podcast and talk a little bit about it today. So let me first start by saying my change in viewpoint from 23 years ago or 20 years ago when I first started teaching. Around Christmas time, I figured I would give Christmas music mainly for just fun. Maybe it's a de-stressing experience for those high schoolers that are doing finals or just some fun music for my younger students that have been working hard throughout the year. And it's all true that I want to give students joy of playing music. That is why I teach. So I still value that experience immensely. If you don't enjoy playing the music that you're doing and your instrument, then there's no point to this. But I have found value in the Christmas music that I didn't see when I first started teaching. And I wanted to share my viewpoints on that with you. So the first thing I started noticing as I went through the years is I was giving a lot of the same music to students that have been playing for three, four, or five years, and I felt guilty, but I tried to find new arrangements, new background tracks, all that stuff, but there was not as many pieces that were new um, that the students enjoyed playing that they knew of as traditional Christmas music. So I began rethinking this experience. Um, first, with my younger students, I started noticing that not only were they motivated to practice and maybe learning notation and reading more efficiently, getting finger combinations down a little bit more fluently, mainly because they were practicing a little bit more, they were motivated, all makes sense, and I loved it. With some of my older students, though, I had to revisit these pieces and One of the things I started doing was talking about phrasing, specifically the lyrics that were involved in the songs and singing lyrically. And one thing I ask a lot of my students to do is actually sing the song. Some of them know the words. Maybe we just do the first couple of phrases. Um, But when we do this, we can really investigate the phrase from the point of view of the words We can investigate the breathing opportunities. We can explore the different types of dynamics that we can use to really create a forward momentum in the phrase. So we can have this as a great opportunity for musicality uh, by doing some of these things. Now, using the voice is not always 
a student's first choice. They may be shy, they may not want to actually vocalize through it, but it makes it a little bit easier with Christmas music. Um, so usually I can get a student to sing with me or by themselves and investigate the phrasing. So for example, the song Silent Night, that's a great one to really investigate the breathing. A younger student may sing the, the words silent night and then breathe holy night and another breath um and then we begin to investigate what it sounds like if i can link those together and not put a breath between it and imagine what it sounds like differently by growing and actually having more breath support as you've grown with the instrument the other thing we begin doing is writing in dynamics that go along with these phrases. So most people don't sing the words at one volume level. There's inflection, there's gestures, there's tapers, there's nuances. And that can be seen really easily. Something like Silent Night. Silent Night, Holy Night. And you don't have to have a great singing voice. I do not have a great singing voice to do this. But I can see that my natural tendency was to kind of grow towards the night, silent night, holy night, all is calm. And we can begin to put a little bit of inflection there to get a phrasing direction. And then we investigate maybe other opportunities to do that same thing in a piece that they're studying from Bach, Mozart, Beethoven, and imagine if we were singing words through our instrument, how the phrase would be different. So it's a great way to introduce your inner voice, you know, the, the singing along as you're playing to create more emotion, to create more musicality, to create more inflection. Now, a lot of the Christmas songs my students like are the festive, faster, more um, staccato detache type of songs. So, for example, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It actually starts with a syncopated rhythm. That's already great to start talking about. But as I make my students sing that, I they mostly sing it with a more bouncy, vibrant articulation. Um, and then we apply that to the instrument, so in my case, flute, in order to create that same experience. And for wind instruments, it's really um, making sure that you're using some support, making sure that you're articulating clearly. Um, but as soon as they sing the words, they can already get that same type of energy in the notes that they got when they were singing it. So it's a great way to apply what you hear in your head to what is actually happening through the instrument and what needs to happen physically through the instrument to make that happen. Abdominal support and the tip of the tongue and the air column and then the magic happens, right? Um, and again, I always apply it back to music that they're doing that maybe they don't have as much of a relationship with. They don't know it in their head, and that's okay. And I can reference this throughout the year. I remember the songs that my students mostly um, resonate with. So if they're playing a gavotte that's 
Detache, I can reference back to something that was played really well from their Christmas repertoire. So it kind of ties it together and helps students of all ages and levels connect on a deeper emotional level to their instrument. And there is something magical about Christmas music. I think that as we are in 2020 and there's not as many live performances, there's no Nutcracker, there's not a whole lot of Christmas caroling, at least where I am, um, you know, that we miss it. And so as I talk to my students about it, I get to talk to them about the power of music to imagine a world without music, imagine a Christmas season without music, and the emotions that can come from all of those experiences. So I think a reason that a lot of people like Christmas music is they can connect it to memories that are pleasant. Not everyone. I know that the the holidays are hard for, for a lot of people, but a lot of us do have warm, pleasant memories of the holidays. And a lot of that is rooted in songs, songs we learned in preschool, songs that we sang with the family. And so I have conversations about not only musicality and vibrato and phrasing direction, but the purpose of music. Why do we need music? And I think as I'm talking to a lot of the guests on the podcast about this, music is necessary. Music is essential. Music is been around through all of times and it is something that really ignites a flame within us and that's a way that you can begin explaining this to students that might be younger and able to connect to the deeper purpose of music which is communication communication of inner feelings and even though we're instrumental or I'm instrumental using the vocals and the lyrics of Christmas music is a great way to connect to the emotions and the intention behind the Christmas music which is to bring joy and to me that's what music is we are trying to bring pleasant experiences and joy to our listeners The other thing I like to encourage my students to do is to record some of this music and send it along to family members, especially this year. So a lot of us are missing out on larger gatherings, and I remind them of their power to send, we wish you a Merry Christmas to your teachers to show appreciation, to send a favorite Christmas song to an aunt that's not going to get to come to Christmas dinner this year, that they have a power to really show family members that they care about them. And music is one way to voice that. You have an instrument, you have a gift, and if you take that music and share it in a way with people, whether that's in a live performance or recorded music with text, you are doing something that matters. You're making a very small difference in someone's day. So those are some of the conversations that I like to have with students, and I thought I would pass that along 
um, in case there's um, some teachers that are looking for new ways to have conversations about some of these things with students. So I hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. If you have liked this podcast, please like, share, um, subscribe, and review if you're on Apple Music. It helps us get more visibility so that more musicians and students and performers can reach this material. So until next week, bye-bye.